Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Bob. And I'm Father Dave. How are you, Robert? (laughs) We're doing great. We're going to get through this. So those of you listening, uh, so I'm in, I'm I'm home in Steubenville. I was just in Arizona. Father Dave is in Austria. Uh, This is podcast take five. Something like that. <laughs> so we've practiced everything that we're This podcast say. is the greatest podcast ever. Actually, you're going to see right. what happens when we practice, and you're going to wish we were more That's improv. Right. That's we right. only That's got right. about five minutes into it, and we never talked about the same thing again. So. Yeah, and I don't know what's going on with it. So, But anyway, welcome back. Arizona was good. You were three hours different. All, I left all night. Arizona doesn't do daylight savings time. I'm just catching people up on things we've already <laughs> talked about. But with that being said, let me just ask this question. Yeah. Uh, Congress, Congress just passed to keep... I heard daylight that. savings time. So that'll mean this stays all the time. Is that right? Wait, this we don't get our this... hour back or did they, I thought they maybe I want eliminated. That hour back. I want that hour back. Come on, man. No, I thought that's how I felt after watching the Batman movie, but that's another conversation. No, I, I thought that they decided to, that we'll stay on daylight savings time. Oh, I thought they were going to cancel it. So I thought we'd get our hour back and then we'd never, we'd never have to give it up again. No. Isn't that like? Isn't that? Isn't the Bill of Rights like we get our hour back? I don't think so. I think that had, I think that was not the Bill of Rights. That was the Constitution. It was the Fifty um, Third Amendment. Yeah, yeah, it was in the Bill of Rights. Well, regardless of what's going to happen in the future, it was very disorienting uh, for me this weekend because it was a, even though I was in the Mountain Time Zone, it was a three-hour difference, and yeah. um, and so I I got home late last night and uh, I'm going to go to bed right after this podcast, which is another yeah. form of torture that we can't get through this podcast because all I want to <laughs> well, do is go great. to bed. Hey, that's have you ever great. shopped at a Trader Joe's, by the way? Yeah. Are you familiar with this thing? Of course. Because they had one in Arizona because I just needed to get some peanut butter, right? Okay. And okay. I said I wanted some Jif. Okay, probably friend, not at Trader Joe's. Though. Well, no, not at Trader Joe's. I don't right, know what right. kind of supermarket this is. It was, know, not it was very happy employees and yoga pants. Yep. And yep. you get to a wall and this is what's weird. Why would they wear Yoda pants? I don't know. I think the customers seem to be wearing yoga pants. Say oh, focused. Yoga. I thought you said Yoda. Oh, Yoda yeah. pants actually would be, would be awesome. Because I would say, what would Yoda pants be? So that's where I was going. I didn't know what that was. It's just kind of a free flowing thing, okay, really. Okay, okay. Anyway, Great. so... Um, you know, if we weren't theming our top our titles on Lent, the yeah. ep- this episode would totally be called Yoda Pants. So sense. I got to the uh, there's a wall of peanut butter, a various different peanut butters, and I got and this is what upsets me a no stir peanut butter. Okay, yeah, because you know the natural, that? yeah, the natural peanut butter you stir because that's oil and no, peanuts. no, that's not natural. That's the unnatural peanut butter. Like no, you should. You should have it like listed if it's a stir peanut butter, but you shouldn't have to lift it listed if it's a no stir peanut butter. I think yeah, your, your life is you don't so have you don't have like beer and it's like there's alcohol in this beer. No, you make a big deal when it's non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. You're right. You're right. You're right. So see, this um, is the kind of thing we didn't talk about in earlier episodes, and the Lord wanted us to discuss. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is <laughs> this is this is great. This is kind of what we've moved to. Um, so so be it. So yeah. So you yeah. are in Austria. I am. I am. I got over here. Came over on Sunday. And I'll okay. be here for a couple of days, which is is great. It's always. Yeah, I, as you know, uh, I lived here for three years, and it's I try to get here every semester, and it's just okay. always such a blessing to be here. Uh, so I'll be here for a couple of days, uh, get just uh, get away for a couple of days, and then be home. I think okay. Sunday. Yeah, well, that's yeah. great. So 20... the students are great. Yeah, go ahead. 
No, the student. I'm glad the students are great. Are they on break yeah. now? Did they did they take some big trip or something? Do, do well, you go some, with them on a trip or something? No, I'm not. I'm actually not going to go with them on a trip. Some of them are going to be going to Poland this weekend. Okay. Um, their their ten day doesn't happen until later in April. Gotcha. But it was great, Bob, because I came over. As as uh, our listeners may remember, the last time I tried this, <laughs> I ended up. Oh yes, in, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up in. Switzerland turned around. So I did three transatlantic trips in 24 hours. So this one, I came ready for everything. All right. So what it's interesting because things are really opening up. So what you needed was a negative PCR. So okay. I had a negative PCR, but I was going to cover all bases. So I always also had an antibodies test that said that I am through the roof in antibodies and I had a recently recovered form. So I had three things that were going to get me in this country. By nice. golly, I was not going to be turned away. Did you just walk up to him with like the nasal swabs already up your nose, you know, and just, just totally ready for anything? I would have liked to, except they didn't ask a single question. I had, no. to show the thing. I had to show a thing when I got on the plane, but I get into Austria and it's back to normal. Literally, I was wanting, I was waving papers. It's like, you're going to look at this. All right. Nobody that's like, asked. that's like when you turn 21 and you go yeah, to exactly. buy beer exactly. and the guy at the register is like, that'd be 1099. And you're like, don't you want to see my ID? No. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, yeah, come yeah, on, like, I'm 21. I would have been doing this a long time ago. If I, knew <laughs> yeah, if I knew the system was that easy, I would yeah, have been. No, it, it was yeah. crazy. I was so prepared and ready to show everybody and that nobody asked, nobody cares. It's just unbelievable. And it's interesting because on my, on my way home, I'm going to be flying through Ireland and they need Ooh. to have nothing, period. I mean, nothing, you don't have to have vaccinations. You don't have to have recently recovered. You don't, I mean, they're just back to normal. So wow. at least coming to Austria, I had to show the people when you show them your passport before I got on the plane, I showed them one form. Yeah. But yeah, Ireland, it's like, welcome. To, yeah. So that's, it's nice to see some of that stuff. getting. Well, there, you know, there's the miracle of St. Patrick's day, which we didn't indeed, really mention indeed. much last week or St. Joseph's. Indeed. 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 Although my understanding is that wearing the mask on the plane is going to change next month. Yes. So that, I, I heard, I, I overheard a, uh, a flight attendant mention yeah. how, and, and seriously, of all the people excited about that change happening, it's the flight attendants. Oh, I, can't I mean, imagine. they I can't. hate, I mean, I know a few of them personally, and yeah, no, they they would so they didn't get into that industry to tell people, could you please yeah. put the mask over your nose, sir? Yeah. You know, and get dirty. And I've, noticed, and I've noticed the last several last several flights. I mean, for the most part, they're not as strict as they used to be. And I can I just say, I looked into the pilots where the pilots are one time. They were not wearing their masks. <gasps> I was, I know, I know. I was going to go tell them, hey. Don't you give us your little <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're getting close. We're getting close. We're getting close. And that's great. Yeah. It is difficult when you know there's a seemingly arbitrary date yeah, in the I future. Know, I know. I know. It's like, like April 18th okay. or something. It's like yeah, exactly. what will happen between now and April 18th that makes nap, yeah. but it's yeah. just it yeah. is what it is. You know, but you need dates. Seven, but not the 17th. Not the 17th. Because, yeah. Because okay, I watched a movie on the flight over. I watched oh, what'd you watch? Movies. I watched have you seen Black Widow? You didn't watch that again, did you? Well, it's funny. I started it and I said, I'm just going to watch until this scene. And then I said, I'll just watch till this scene. And I watched it. You watched the whole thing again. I did. I'm this is like your fourth myself. or fifth time into this movie. I don't know. I don't it's know. your well, new I Hamilton. Fly, I, I fly a lot. Okay. But the other one I watched. But there's a lot of other movies. Wait a second. Okay. You make it sound like the days okay. are like, there's only three movies okay. to pick from. Would you one's in subtitles. This is my story. Okay. I started this one. Um, the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> The yeah, yeah. That was it was fun. That was a, really that was, was a lighthearted fun movie. It really was. It really was. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, Emily enjoyed Emily it. Blunt and Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. You could just 
watch him do anything. Yeah, that's really true. That's fun. really they're true. Fun. That's really true. They're, yeah. they're good chemistry. Now you yeah. watch Batman. What do we think? The Batman? Yeah. Uh, now you haven't seen it, right? No. Okay. Well, I'd, I'd like to be spoiler free because it, you know, it is, it's still a little bit close to when it came out. It's not like a month later. So maybe, okay, okay, maybe okay. we'll deep dive a little bit later with it. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, okay. It was not a perfect movie. It was a very okay. different take on the Batman. Okay. Uh, I thought Robert Pattinson did a fantastic job, the actor okay. who played Batman. Okay. Um, gosh, it'd be, it'd be tough to, I would say here's, here's the thing that uh, I liked and didn't like about the movie. And this is what some people struggle with. I think, I think this movie really sets up the Bat universe that they're trying to create really well. Okay. Uh, you really get into Gotham. For spin off to other movies. Yeah, and, and that's okay. actually kind of, I would say its weakness was that. It felt like, I mean, it was three hours long. So it was, I mean, you know, that's like Ben-Hur length, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it wasn't three hours of my life that I'll never get back, but there's about an hour in there maybe that I, I won't get back. Um, it took its time. I was a little self-indulgent a bit, but I am quite excited with uh, the kind of the, the character arc of the Batman in the movie. Like yeah, he starts yeah. off being really focused on vengeance and violence and mm -hmm. ends up realizing he needs to be more of a beacon of hope. That's not really a spoiler, but so those that think, boy, this comes out across really violent. You know, it reminds me very much in a similar story arc of the first uh, Daniel Craig James Bond movie, where okay. he began really as kind of a violent thug, you know, uh, you know, a heavy weapon, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And he ends up, more sophisticated spy. And that's kind of how I felt like the Batman arced a bit. You know, he so started it's worth, off as- worth saying, worth saying. Well, I would probably... say it's worth seeing if you really like Batman. It's not one of those movies that transcend the genre. So, okay. you know, like sometimes if you like superhero movies and you like the character, I think it's worth seeing. It's not the kind of one that you would say, well, even if you don't like superhero movies, this is a great movie. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like you might say that about Black Widow. Well, even if you don't like superhero movies, yeah, you've just got to see Black movie. Widow. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say well, that about I should, Batman. I, I should watch that Black Widow the movie. It's a good movie. Okay, Bob, I, I fear that if I ask this question, we're going to go down a rabbit hole that is going to take way too long and the listeners are all going to turn us off. But I'm going to try this. Okay. okay. So be be succinct. I'm so be succinct. Okay. You said at the beginning of that, it is not the perfect movie. Okay, so what is the perfect movie? Succinctly? No, that's, uh, that's why I was afraid I even asked <laughs> that, to say this. So just, I, would say a per, well, I would say one element of a perfect movie. No, the, the, the perfect movie. Oh, you want to know what the perfect, like yeah, in my yeah. mind, what is the yeah. perfect movie yeah. of all yeah. time? Yeah. What do you think I'm going to say? Black Widow? No, nobody uh -huh. would actually say that at all. Wonder Woman? Ah, oh my gosh. You're, people are noticing a trend in the types of movies <laughs> that you're like watching, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, well, some might think I would say The Empire Strikes Back, and, and they're not wrong. But even, um, I, I would say for, for a 10 and 12-year-old, The Empire Strikes Back was really that moment. I would... I would probably say Casablanca. Okay. Have you, I, I you've seen that. Casablanca? Yeah. Yeah. It was, actually, it was saw, a while ago. I you saw it when it came out, it right? You I saw it when it came out? I did. Yeah. My mom and dad took it to me. I, um, oh, and then in the, is that when they were assassinated in the alley and you became the Dark Knight? Mm -hmm. um, 
one of the one of the joke memes about the Batman, by the way, you know, so the thing is that, you know, Bruce Wayne's parents were killed in front of him after going to the movies. And somebody said, uh, apparently with the timeline of this movie, that was in 2001. So they probably saw Shrek, <laughs> <laughs> which is which a horrible way sense. to come out of Shrek. And, which and makes sense. Parents killed. Which then you become sense. a vigilante superhero. No, I, you know, what stuns me about Casablanca is actually how it it doesn't, at least to me, it doesn't feel like an old movie. Um, it has a lot of crazy plot turns. Um, yeah, it, it, I would actually have to argue that that, I mean, that's usually like when people say, what's the perfect film? They would say that. They'd say Citizen Kane. That's, okay. a, that's another amazing one. So um, I love Hitchcock. I think Hitchcock made some ridiculously incredible movies. Um, oh, I just like good. good storytelling, good acting, good pace. A perfect movie makes it feel like it told the story it needed to tell exactly in that yeah. mark. And, like field, um, like field of dreams. On that note, um, so baseball is back. So <laughs> twenty four days. Some spring training going on, which is great. Uh, March Madness is going on, and we would be remiss if we didn't say at least one word about that. My bracket is blown up because so many of the teams that I had going on got beat early. Yeah. But the one team that we might want to think about rooting for is St. Peter's, a little teeny school, I believe, in near Philadelphia. Okay. Like, or, or New York, I'm not positive. Be that as it may, it's like 2,200 students. They beat Kentucky, which was the number two seed in the country. Some people were picking Kentucky to win it. Yeah. They beat Kentucky, they're a 15 seed. Everyone expected them to lose that. And then their next game, they played, I think Murray State maybe. And they lost, They beat that team too. So everybody's freaking out, this little wow. Catholic school. And, and so we can root for St. Peter. Why wouldn't you root for St. Peter? So that's all we've got for the March Madness update. Is Gonzaga still in it? Gonzaga is still in. So I've got Gonzaga and Arizona in the finals. Okay. Is so, Baylor in it or are they out? No, Baylor got beat. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah that was, was a big upset. I was hearing a commentary on it and they said that some of the reasons why you're going to see so many upsets this year is because, you know, there's not like a quantum leap difference between the number ones and the twos. And that's the absolutely right. That's, like that's absolutely right. Very, they're all, you know, they ended up getting a ranking, but it wasn't because they were the dominant. They just Right. Some stat. Right. They just barely right. edged that's out a, another team. That's absolutely so. right. There wasn't this this one single team that was just totally above everybody else this year. So it's been it's it's exactly what you want the March Madness to be. It's just been fun, lots of upsets, paying attention, close yeah. games, overtimes. Notre Dame, they won their first game and their second. They lost the third, which is not bad. That's not a bad run for them. Yeah, that's not too bad. Well, yeah. since our last podcast, I've actually seen two Cavs games. Yeah, uh, last yeah, Wednesday, I took my son Bobby to see the Cavs play the 76ers. And then last night, I took my daughter Eliana to see the Cavs play the Lakers. The Cavs last night. Have, last, you night. Did that last night, did you? Yeah. I thought I you were in Arizona. So I, I changed my flight. So I didn't land in Pittsburgh. I actually flew into Cleveland. So okay. I, I flew into Cleveland. For those of you watching, my uh, eight year old just walked into the room. And just walked out. Probably walked a good out. choice. Right. Um, so I, um, uh, I'm doing something. We, we had a little interruption. Here. Just go talk to mom. I did. What'd she say? She said you're gonna have to talk to dad. Not I'm right now. Go, yeah, go, away. <laughs> go away. Go away. Oh, I'm serious. I love you. Bye. Um, you're interrupting my story on the Cavs. This is the most important part of the podcast. I don't remember what I'm saying, except to say uh, I ended up flying directly into Cleveland 
so I could catch the game with my daughter because we're both big LeBron fans and the Lakers Cavs is a great thing. The Cavs have won. That is the Cavs have won five out of seven games. And I was at the two games that they've lost in the past. Seven oh, well, games. oh well. All right. That's but, a good idea. But they were great to, games. Rem- to remind people about our event. Oh yes, that's right. So on uh, Wednesday, March 30th, 2022, we need to say that because these recordings last in perpetuity, I think. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, Father Dave and I are, would love to have you join us at a Cleveland Cavaliers game. They're playing the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Okay. And at five o'clock, we're going to be celebrating mass at the Cleveland Cathedral. We're going to walk on over to the Cavs Stadium for a happy hour at six o'clock. They've set up this cool little area for us. And then we're just going to hang out in that patio area and uh, watch the game and have a lot of fun. So uh, bring kids, bring friends. Uh, it'll be a great time. You can find more information at franciscan at alumni.franciscan.edu slash Cavs. Alumni.franciscan.edu slash Cavs. Cavs. Should I do my yeah. other promo while we're here? Or do you want to say something more about no, it? No, yeah, let's, let's wait and do that before our virtue thing. Oh, okay. That, that sounds cool? great. That sounds, no, cool. that sounds, that sounds that absolutely cool. wonderful. So real quick, because we talked a little bit about it. Uh, you were doing what in Arizona? Yeah, I got to, uh, yeah, I got to give talks on the liturgy, which was really a joy. I gave three different talks on the liturgy. And uh, it's one of the first times somebody's asked me to like come out and speak on that subject. Usually most of my travels, I'm talking about youth ministry, young adult ministry, uh, preaching the kerygma. You know, you end yeah. up kind of having like certain talks that you give all the time. So it was really great when they said, could you do some talks on the liturgy? And I'm like, yeah, that would be awesome. And one of the things I was trying to focus on, I mean, even though it was three talks, it's still, I mean, you can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's just so much to say. everything, right, right. Right, I, I was trying to say in the beginning that like, I'm going to focus on the liturgy and not on the Eucharist, which yeah. for some people was like, what? And the end- that's, that's absolutely essentialist because so many people think the liturgy is the Eucharist. Now it's obviously right. the context with which we encounter the Eucharist, right? but it comes within liturgy. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, I, I always get concerned. Sometimes as Catholics, I feel like they treat the liturgy like a glorified communion service. You know, like yeah. really the only important part is when I received the Eucharist. And, you know, I've encountered that sometimes as I've done some spiritual direction with some of the young men on campus, they might be dealing with a serious sin and they feel like they're not disposed to receive the Eucharist, which is great. But then sometimes they'll say, so I haven't been to mass in a while. And yeah. I go, whoa, whoa, what? And well, I can't yeah. receive the Eucharist. So I, I'm not going to mass. And I'm like, oh, you need to go to mass because yeah. There's so many graces. Again, not to discount receiving the Eucharist, which is no, amazing. No, no, and, and, and that's important, right? Yeah. Yeah, but just so many graces that are available when we participate in the mystery of the Mass. Um, you know, it's yeah, and and just you know, as you probably know, when you get a chance to prepare a talk, uh, especially when you haven't done much, you just get so blessed by it. I mean, you just yeah, really yeah. start diving in the richness. Of, of what's going on, the liturgy of the word, the liturgy of the Eucharist, the prayers of the church, the presence of God, not just in the Eucharist, but the presence of God, um, you know, in the congregation and the singing and prayers of the people and, and the all of that matters. Of the word. Yeah. You know, all of that matters. And that's one of the concerns I have at times, again, that I mean, you and I don't have to um, defend, like we, we have the greatest love and devotion for the Eucharist and the Eucharist comes to us within the context of liturgy. And it's yeah. so the two are important. And yet there's a danger that you separate those two things. And 
you don't realize the beautiful theology that's taking place in the actions of the of the community and the priests gathered and you know the openness to listening to the word and the scriptures and and all of those things are, are profoundly important and and they aid us in our ability to actually encounter the eucharist that yeah. The, 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 the signs and the symbols that lead up to the consecration and lead up to the great amen, there's a movement that leads us to that place to, and ultimately, by the grace of God, to be able to receive the Eucharist in the context of liturgy. And to separate those two things or, or to fight about it. You know, the, the De Montfort says the corruption of that which is best is worse, so that we're supposed to be most united in the Eucharist, the community gathering. That's the, the one thing about the the individual that you said he, he's not going to mass well he's separating himself from the body you know yeah. and, and we can't separate ourselves from the body that that the eucharist well there's a personal element that i enter into the eucharist into the liturgy that's but it's not a jesus and me it's not like everyone else there is an inconvenience or a distraction rather we come together as the community to be able to worship the lord and encounter him in the eucharist and i think that's and a that, big challenge for us these days you know we do live in such a a soup of, you know, consumer satisfaction and yeah. individual, um, you know, focus that we, you know, and I, I have this too. I, I sometimes go to a liturgy and it's not celebrated the way I like it, you right, know, right. or people are kind of being a little weird or there's, you know, and you know, the devil well, just it, wants it, to it, magnify it, that and no, just no, use that as right. a way to draw me away from look what's happening here. Like, like those other things, I mean, not to say they don't have validity or importance, and I'm not talking about like heretical crazy right, 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 stuff, right, 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 right. you know, just different liturgical styles or even different liturgical theologies, but I need to be able to, these are my brothers and sisters and entering into that prayer, entering in, um, right. I mean, it's just a focus. And, and, and that's one thing that just breaks my heart is, as a friar and a priest is that you know, there are so many things in the church that, that we, we struggle with, that the church and we as individuals need to grow. And yet what we do is we fight about these things. And again, we're supposed to be most united at the Eucharist, but the reality is it becomes the place that we're fighting all the time. And we're, we're arguing with one another. And, and some of it, not all of it, some of it is substantial, but a lot of it is, is it's a personal preference. You know, I prefer yeah. this type of thing. And, but, but where that becomes wrong is, I prefer it, therefore, everybody else should prefer it this way right. as well. And, and that becomes really problematic for us. And, and again, the liturgy that we're supposed to be you know, most united coming together as a body of Christ is so fractured, uh, which, yeah, it just, it really inhibits us to be able to come together as a community, come together and worship together. I had that experience at Mass, um, you know, so the, the liturgy that I went to um, was celebrated ad orientum. So the priest was facing, you know, away from the people. And I'd actually never, I'd heard or, about that. Or in honestly. the same direction. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're facing. Oh, thank you for saying that. Oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a much better way of saying it. They're facing yeah. in the same direction as the people. Uh, words are important. And um, I'd actually heard about that, obviously, never. I don't think I've ever been to a liturgy where the priest was ad orientum. And uh, to be honest, I just didn't like it. Like, um, it was kind of weird when he was like, you know, uh, you know, the Lord be with you. And he's not looking at me. And, right, and right. I always feel like I'm like, and with your spirit, do you hear me back here? Right. Yeah. But it was also like, but it's a, it's a fine, it, the church has celebrated that way for hundreds of years. So it's not like yeah, yeah. that's the wrong way. And I just had sure. to say to myself, well, <clears throat> I don't prefer this. Okay. And then just, yeah, yeah. just yeah, try yeah. to enter into the prayer, you know, like it's okay yeah. to acknowledge I don't like this music. I don't prefer this way to go. And then just, or, or I don't like this song or I don't like, right. 
Yeah, yeah. There's and all kinds. I mean, the, the, and again, the, the struggle is that you could find a million things of, about it. And that's yeah. actually that's one of the uh, occupational hazards of being a priest is is that you go to liturgies, you go to parishes, especially when I was traveling full time. Um, and you think, well, gee, that's not the way I would like to do it. Or that's not the way I prefer it. That's not even the way the church necessarily says. And that's one of the things is there's a lot of people that say the church says, but they don't really know, but they've just heard that. And, and it's important that we actually get to what the church does in fact say and what she invites us to. But yeah, and it's, it's a continual thing. I think that we need to be able to pray about and, and caution that, that, uh, the church is a big church, right? And, yeah. and she has a rich, beautiful theology, theology of liturgy and what we yeah. do does. That's one of the things they always drilled in us. What we do does. And to be able to recognize that and celebrate that. The heart yeah. of what I was trying to get to in the talks I was giving was remembering that the liturgy isn't a celebration of a what, it's a, it's a participation in the mystery of a who. You yeah, know, which yeah. is the Trinitarian, yeah. which is the Trinity. It's the life of That's God. Great. It's cool. it's a prayer to the Father from the Son that we participate in through the Holy Spirit. And that when I think the relationship is in the focus, um, then the big things are the big things and the small things are the small things. And right. the real goal is, you know, the, the love, the charity, the unity, uh, the mystery, like all of those elements that, you know, I, I've even been finding, I mean, I'm, I've just been ordained for a few months and it's been awesome and I'm wearing vestments and I'm kneeling by the altar and so many cool things. And yet I'm already starting to be distracted, even, even there, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. well, that didn't take too long. You know, it's like the honeymoon's yeah. fading, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's just so easy to just get caught up in Absolutely. something else that is, yeah. I'm sure you've never experienced that celebrating the mass. I haven't, I haven't, no. but you'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that. And when I get home, I'll pray with you and we'll see if we can try to get to the heart <laughs> of what's really going on. No, but, but that's really key is that um, it's interesting. The ritual provides us the familiar, which is actually really wonderful. And the familiar yeah. is really holy. There's obviously an element of the, the liturgy that is different and it's wholly different. And, and that allows us to draws us into the Eucharist, to draws us into the mystery of it. But it's also familiar. And that's the danger is that in the familiarity, we can just kind of zone out. And that can happen no matter what. I've been to all different types of liturgies and all different types of rites. And a danger of, of all of them, once they become familiar, is uh, you begin to zone out. And then that's the challenge that we continue to draw ourselves into the Eucharist and draw ourselves into the liturgy. Yeah. All right. So how do we give, give us some advice, Father Dave, how do I, as a young deacon being distracted or maybe others that might have this experience, what, what do you do to help not have that yeah, phrase I mean, familiarity breeds contempt, right? How yeah, does yeah. it, how does it breed charity instead? Well, a couple of things. First off is, is the fact that C.S. Lewis would speak to recognizing the problem helps you overcome the problem. So recognizing and just being intentional about that says, I really want to be able to focus actually helps you focus better. In some ways, it talks about what we've, we've talked about in the virtues that by making a conscious decision that says, I want to focus better today, I want to be more present today, actually brings that about. Yeah. But the other part, and this is, is uh, maybe a bigger picture, but begin to reflect on what it is you're distracted of. You know, what is it that you're consistently distracted? And that may be, in fact, what the Lord wants you to surrender. Yeah. 
Yeah. You could be distracted by family struggles or distracted by financial issues or distracted by work problems. And those might be the things that the Lord wants you to surrender at that liturgy, to lay before him. Because one of the things that, that I also love is that at the offertory, you bring up all of these gifts, the bread and the wine, and the bread and wine are transformed. And in Africa, they bring up more than just bread and wine. They bring all these gifts. But the point is this gift of the community is transformed in the body and blood of Christ, but it's not just the bread and wine that's offered on the altar. The priest is offering the distractions, the difficulties, the struggle, the sufferings, because all of that can be transformed. So to be able to recognize, all right, what are the nature of your distractions and give that to the Lord and say, Lord, you need to change this. You need to renew this. You need to make this new. So that's another part, but it can't be, and this is it can't be like, I'm going to build a force field around me that no distractions are going to get to me <laughs> because you're always going to have distractions. So it's this, right. it's this continual surrendering, continual, Jesus, I give you this, Jesus, I give you this, Jesus, I give you this. And then yeah. in a moment, every now and then we can be really silent present. As you were saying that, you know, I had my catechism open because we're about to talk about temperance, but um, you reminded me of a beautiful quote in the catechism, and it talked about the battle of prayer. Maybe this is a good way to, to kind of conclude this section. This is in uh, 2728, and it says that finally our battle in prayer has to confront, um, oh, wait a second. No, sorry, uh, 2729. The habitual difficulty in prayer is distraction. Mm. It can affect words and their meaning in vocal prayer. It can concern more profoundly him to whom we are praying in vocal prayer, liturgical or personal meditation, and contemplative prayer. To set about hunting down distractions would be to fall into their trap when all that is necessary is to turn back to our heart. For mm -hmm. a distraction reveals to us what we are attached to. That's exactly what you're saying, Father mm -hmm. Dave. And this humble awareness before the Lord should awaken our preferential love for him and lead us resolutely to offer him our heart to be purified, therein lies the battle, the choice of which master to serve. Isn't that that's incredible? Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but I think that's really it. It's, I, I like that line too. To set about hunting distractions would be to fall into their trap. Like yeah, to yeah. know that we are distracted is to know that's an affection of my heart. That's an attraction of my heart. And maybe it's not a good one. You know, maybe it's an yeah, attraction yeah. to being divisive or to being negative yeah, or to yeah, being yeah. cynical, right? But Lord, I'm going to love you more than I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to go with you and I'm just going to acknowledge it and I'm going to dismiss it and I'm going to get back to it. I'm going to get back that's to great. you in, in the midst of that. And I think that's, that's great. great. That's so great. that's why we, the Lord wanted us to do this podcast five times because we didn't. Okay. <laughs> that's great. Can I say one thing before we go on to the temperance? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Cause we had talked about this, just that the invitation that the Holy father has given us on Friday, which is the feast of the Annunciation. Oh yeah. Right. Um, he's, he's consecrating um, the Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And he's inviting everybody to do that. So Franciscan university is going to be having a procession of the blessed mother and, the, and praying the rosary uh, around the campus uh, Wednesday, uh, Friday morning, I think at 11, 11.30, something like that. He's inviting everyone to try to do it around the same time uh, that he will be doing it. Uh, I will actually, I'm really looking forward to, I'm going to be in Knock at Our Lady of Knock on Friday and being wow. able to pray with the community there. So I just invite everybody, just if, if you don't know, if this is the first you've heard about it, you know, I have no idea what we're talking about. I think the Holy Father made the invitation maybe 10 days ago. Uh, so if you just Google uh, Pope Francis consecration of Russia, uh, Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart, you'll be able to find that. And this is also a connection to Our Lady of Fatima, who invited us to pray for Russia. This was in the early part of the last century. And people was like, what do you mean Russia, this little no-name country? Well, 
yeah, there are some wisdom in that. So yeah, we're being amen. invited to do that again. So uh, again, I encourage everyone, uh, Google it, you'll find the information, but just participate in, your, in you personally, but also maybe your community and your parish should be able to be a part of that. So yeah, amen. All right. And it's great. a great and feast day, the Feast of the Annunciation. The Annunciation, amen. Yeah, amen. that's on right. Friday, right? It is. Yeah, okay. it is. Yep. Cool. Yeah, you got a promo, I think, right? I do have a promo. Insert music here. Dun, dun, dun. All right. You know, Father Dave, countless times I've heard people say, countless. oh, countless. I can't countless. count. I can't. I actually don't count well anyway. Countless. So yeah. more than more than five. Um, countless times I've heard people say, oh, if not for family and for work, I'd attend Franciscan University in a heartbeat. That's, that's right. Catherine Hepburn really wants to come <laughs> to our book. universe. The loons, the loons. <laughs> I need to go to bed. Well, whether you seek a bachelor or master's, our ever-growing list of online programs now puts a degree from Franciscan University within your reach, no matter where you live or what time zone you are in. I'm speaking to you, Arizona. We have four online bachelor degree programs in theology, philosophy, business management, and clinical psychology. That's cool. And we have several online master's programs, including Catholic studies, catechetics and evangelization, whoop, whoop, theology and Christian ministry, business administration, and education. Our online programs are founded in Franciscan's highly acclaimed Catholic core curriculum and are taught by the same world-class scholars and seasoned practitioners who teach in our classrooms on campus. I think I'm probably more of the seasoned practitioner part of that. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Find out more about Franciscan University's online programs at online.franciscan.edu. That's online.franciscan.edu. Edu. Fantastic. hearts will never part from you, Franciscan University. That's that's gorgeous. Thank you. Well, well, well played. Thank well you. played. Hey, did anybody come up with the fight song yet? Not yet, but they're working on it. All right. Yeah. I like. Um, oh, you know who was it? Was it Father Jonathan Andre that suggested we start playing "Living on a Prayer" as our fight song? Maybe or. I believe that it was. <laughs> I believe, and that's one of the things that I'm permanently, forever scarred about World Youth Day because it has the word prayer in it. So every country in the world they just start singing living on a prayer at world youth day because it's got to be religious because it's talking about prayer so yeah exactly it's hysterical it's hysterical <laughs> like every country whoa anyway really it's an yeah. international phenomenal history. yes it is it is it really is it's crazy it's crazy yeah did i tell you about the time my wife met john bon jovi no all right this is worth taking a minute to do my wife when she was a teenager massive bon jovi fan and she was on an exchange program and she was in Japan and at a train station. And um, John Bon Jovi and uh, Richie Sambora, the guitarist, come up and they start talking to her because they were excited that somebody spoke English. She had an entire conversation with them, not knowing who they you were. You've got to be kidding me. And at the end, they said, hey, are you going to go to the show tonight? And she was like, the show? And, 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 I, she's, and she's like, well, no, I've, I've actually got to taking a train going somewhere. It's like, oh, okay. And they're like, well, you were really cool. It was awesome just to just to talk to somebody. And she's like, thanks. And she thought they were kind of cute and moved on. And then somebody came up and were like, you know Bon Jovi? And she was like, oh! 
<laughs> and she had no idea that you know that she was actually talking to these people that it's so funny she was crazy about so good times so funny. cool good times uh, today we're talking about, and now for something completely different. Yeah, 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 yeah. The virtue of temperance. Temperance. Um, we've been talking uh, about the cardinal virtues. These are virtues that uh, require a level of human mastery. Of course, grace is always present in our life, uh, but these are things that we can work on. They're different from the theological virtues, which we'll get to, uh, which are really infused, given to us by God. And um, this, is the, already... this is the last one, right? This is the fourth cardinal virtue, I believe. Yes, it is. Yeah, okay, we've talked so we, about we, prudence. We start, we start the theological tomorrow or right. next week. Next That's week. Great. So we've talked about prudence, justice, and fortitude. And now we talk about temperance. And it's kind of an interesting thing. I'd, I'd, I don't know if it's intentional. It seems like a little bit intentional to end with temperance. Whenever you hear the, the cardinal virtues listed, it always begins with prudence, yes. you know, which really is the virtue that lets us use right reason and kind of master the other, you know, if you don't have yeah, prudence, govern, all the other virtues can go in different ways. And then it closes with temperance. And this is what temperance is. It's the moral virtue. This is from the catechism, 1809, the moral virtue that moderates the attraction of pleasures and provides balance in the use of created goods. I think that line of balance is really, really um, a beautiful thing. Um, one of my, I was, I searched some scripture. I'm like, well, what does scripture have to say about temperance? And interesting enough, because I don't read this letter a lot, the letter of Titus came mm -hmm. up. I know Titus is, you're a big Titus fan. Yeah, yeah. But uh, just chapter two of, it, Titus is only three chapters. It's a pretty short letter from St. Paul. We celebrate his feast day along with St. Timothy. It's the feast day of St. Timothy and Titus. So Paul had a similar type of relationship to Titus, maybe not as close because he didn't write him as many letters. But in chapter two, he says, I'm just going to give some highlights from this chapter. He says, as for yourself, you must say what is consistent with sound doctrine. Older men should be temperate, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, love, and endurance. Older women should be reverent in their behavior, not slanderers, addicted to drink, teaching what is good, so that they, these men and women, may train younger women to love their husbands and um, younger men to control themselves, being a model of good deeds as every respect. The grace mm -hmm. of God is it repaired, saving all, training us to reject godless ways and worldly desire and to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age as we await the blessed hope, podcast title, the appearance of the glory of our great God of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I think it's really kind of beautiful that, you know, a lot of what Paul is writing right now is this idea of, of being temperate. Sometimes mm -hmm. I think we can understand something by maybe what it isn't. And the opposite of being temperate would probably be going to an extreme one way or the other. You know, we're in this time of uh, feasting and fast or fasting rather we're in a time of fasting. We'll be in a time of feasting when we get to Easter. Um, but I know sometimes, you know, there's people that give up things and maybe on Sunday, um, you know, they will because it's a it's a feast day. They won't fast on a feast day. But the temptation can be and this. Actually, I would say even from my perspective is that when I get to that feast day, I want to binge, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, it's like, I gave up this all week. I'm going to have five times as much, you know, I'm going to eat a lot of donuts, you know, I'm going to yeah. go to Dunkin' all three meals that day because I gave it up the rest of the week. And that actually goes against this idea of temperance, you know, going extreme fasts and extreme feasts isn't really a very healthy and moderate way to live. And if anything, I think part of our 
life of fasting should help us to become more temperate, more balanced yeah. in the way we live. And again, these are all, you know, temperance only deals with things that are good. You know, obviously you're not temperate with sin. You just don't do sin. <clears throat> but with the created things of this world, the good things of this world, you can overdo anything. Now, what's mm -hmm. that Latin phrase? You know, we, we've talked about drinking sometimes. And oh, semper unum num cum duo veitus. Yeah, yeah, translate that for well, one of the other friars that don't know Latin. Well, which is me, but one of the friars would always talk about that. And the, the point was um, always one, sometimes two, never three. You know, and but I think that that's it's important. Like I, I love balance. I just think balance is is so important in in the human life and the spiritual life. Uh, and and again, unfortunately, I think some people poo poo balance. It's like mm. we need to live a radical life. Absolutely, I want to live a radical, holy Christian life. Um, but that doesn't mean that that's unbalanced, you know. So, well, take it for you. Um, even even prayer, which is a good thing for you, right? But you can't pray the same way I do because you've got a family to care for. And yeah. so our lives are different. So what does it look like for you to live a balanced life as prayer and reflection, all that? And what does it look to me or are going to be somewhat different? I, I think that the text that you read from Titus is so important because he talked about self-control, that the catechism speaks of uh, the temperance gives us mastery over um, our, our devices, over our will, over our appetites. And, and, and we often focus on food, but it's not just food. I mean, I, I'm constantly talking to the, to the students about the amount of time they spend on screens, the amount of times they, they're gaming and things like that, or Netflix and binge. So it's not just food. It's, it's all the other things that distract us or, or that we find ourselves kind of consumed by. Temperance moderates that. And, and I think it's such an important, important uh, uh, virtue that we're able to have. Yeah, temperance allows us to recognize things that are good. Um, I like this line here. The temperate person directs the sensitive appetites towards what is good and maintains healthy discretion. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, again, I, I think the devil often wants to push us from one extreme into the other. Like, even if you think of Absolutely. the first temptation in the garden, um, you know, the Lord said, you can eat of all the trees of the garden, just don't eat this one. Well, the temptation of the devil um, was to manipulate that statement, which was to say, did God really say you're not supposed to eat of any of the trees of the garden? Well, no, that's not actually what God said at all, but it made it sound like God's asking such an extreme thing for you to do. That's just not realistic. That's not fair. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think when we are trying to go towards virtue, you know, there would be those that say, well, no, you can't play any video games. A holy person would never play anything, you know, or you can't watch, you know, be on social media at all. You just need to get rid of all social media, et, right, et cetera, right, right. et cetera. And temperance would say, well, I can watch some shows, you know, mm -hmm. I can, it, but as, as long as it's not to the distraction of a life of prayer, a life of charity, yeah. I can yeah. enjoy this. I can enjoy that. Um, and so it really is recognizing, gosh, there's a lot of beautiful things in the world. But don't, but have but, a right balance, have a sense yeah. of moderation. And, and just to that end, the, you see how prudence actually comes in play here yeah. as well, because prudence governs our choices. So our prudence can say, you know, can video games, let's go to that. The prudent choice for some people, maybe I can't do that because once yeah. they start that, they go down that road and they're not able to be temperate. So that's where I like how the virtues actually or, work. Or it's together. a video game that's just, you know, and crazy yeah, 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 and exactly, exactly. immorality or whatever. Like exactly, I'm obviously not exactly. talking about anything that yeah, would lead us exactly, down that path. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And so I yeah. think what we see as we come to a conclusion of these 
these cardinal virtues is they're not, they're not four isolated virtues. You know, they really do they work together. They work together. And, yeah. um, you know, temperance kind of is like that, that final cap on the end of it, which is to say, you know, in all the good things of life, finding a healthy sense of moderation, having a, having a sense of self-control, mm-hmm. uh, because going from extreme fast to extreme feast still isn't self-control. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things, you know, sometimes uh, I've, I've known, and I've done this in my own life. I'm trying to think of an example though. Like, as we talk about fasting, and maybe this is even something to think about, you know, we're still in Lent, and if you want to pick something up, sometimes just being temperate with something can be a wonderful yeah. fast. You know, if there's, no. if there's something some, you do too much of, do a little of it. You know, I did no, one fast one year, which was to say, um, I'm only going to have one, you know, I, I think, I, yeah, like, like, I think I decided I was going to have five beers a week, not all in one day, <laughs> you know, but just like, yeah, yeah. but I just decided, you know, maybe I'd been you know, used to having like two beers with every dinner and I'm just going to try to be more temperate. And that's a wonderful way of, and, of and in some ways, again, discipline. part of this is prudence and discernment. And that's, what's important. But like, for me, depending on what it is, it's easier to just say no to everything. Yeah. You know, that, that part's easier. It's like, I'm not going to, let's just take a drink. I'm not going to drink at all. Okay. Well, fine. that's actually easy, but drinking isn't a good example because it's, it's not really an issue, but maybe a sweet or something like that to say, I'm just going to have one piece of chocolate, not five pieces of chocolate. I mean, I'm going to have one potato chip. Yeah. But there's something <laughs> to that, right. Is that, is that it allows us to be able to exercise that, that gift of prudence. One is we're wrapping this up. I think one of the things I love is St. Anthony of the desert. And this is really important. He said, if you want to grow in the spiritual life and the answer is we all want to grow in the spiritual life. He says, learn how to curb your tongue and your stomach. Hmm. And he spoke of your tongue as it relates to speech, but your stomach, he said, so oftentimes an individual is, is ruled by their stomach. And if we can begin to curb that and get that in under control, we can actually grow a great deal in the spiritual life. So I I think temperance really allows that it's the virtue that allows us to grow, um, to get free from, I mean, so many things. And it's not just food, but that's often what we focus on. Yeah. And I think, and I like, you know, as I know, sometimes uh, people struggle with weight and things like that. It's, it's more a sense of the appetites, right? That's really what yeah, it's getting. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I think that's just, yeah, it's such the, a great yeah, gift. The things of the flesh. And I think, yeah. and this is where they go into play is that uh, if, if I grow in my ability to be temperate, then it, that has other impacts in my life. So actually some people who are struggling, like, let's say with pornography, what I often do is I give them a, a penance of fasting because that, that growing in the ability to say no to the flesh, in this case, is just for food. Um, you can also say no in other areas of the flesh. So if yeah. a person is struggling with that or with lust or something like that, there's a connection between these. So it, it impacts all the areas of our spiritual life if we can grow in those particular areas of virtue for us. Amen. So we pray Amen. you've all been blessed by these reflections on the cardinal virtues. And coming next week, next week, theological baby, faith, hope, and love. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. So Father Dave, would you close us in a Would love prayer? to. Would love to. Um, we just pray with the church at this time, Lord, for uh, the situation in Ukraine and Russia. We just begin a prayer already of consecration that our Immaculate Heart of Mary would just intervene and intercede and be present and bring, bring peace and healing in that land. Jesus, I pray for those who are listening today that they would experience freedom from uh, vices that lead them away from you, give them the gift of balance, 
allow with the gift and the virtue of temperance that they would not be controlled by their appetites, but be controlled by you and your grace and your spirit. May Almighty God pour his blessings on us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All righty, Bobby. Thank you, Father Dave. And thank you all for listening. Thank you for your stories of hope and your prayers. Please keep them coming to us at hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. And we hope to see some of you next week, March 28th. Wait, 30th? No, it's 30th. March 30th. 2022 Cavs game. Look it up online. God bless.